Hey everybody, it's Mark Thompson and welcome to another edition of the Chief Executive Podcast. I'm so thrilled to be talking to Patricia Corsi at Bayer. She's Chief Digital Officer and runs marketing, has had a wide range of impacts in the healthcare industry in various aspects of this global company, Bayer, which is really transforming the way we think about health. And she's been a leader in that movement. Listen to how she talks about her role in all parts of the world, in other words, being parachuted as an executive into many different functions, stepping up to those functions, building collaboration, and creating transformation. Listen to Patricia. Hello everyone, I'm Mark Thompson, and I'm so delighted to have this next opportunity to share with you a person, an an enormous talent, from Bayer, who is leading a new function there. And she's gonna tell us a little bit, aren't you, about your incredible promotion. And thank you for being here. The Chief Executive Alliance really loves to celebrate people like yourself who are evolving and innovating in your functions, as well as contributing to the leadership of an organization. So welcome and and tell us a little bit about this great development uh, in your career. So thank you very much, Mark, for having me here. It's a pleasure to be talking to you today. Um, So as I I also feel very blessed and very honored with all the opportunities, you know, coming back from where I was born in Brazil. So I've, uh, I have the privilege to be now leading um, three combined functions, the category functions, the digital function and the technology function for bioconsumer health. And uh, I see in this a great opportunity to really use technology, data, and really the platforms to the benefit of consumers and customers. When we think about the categories, we think about the centers of excellence, the digital transformation programs, they are all enabled by technology in one shape or form. And when we think about the future even more, um, it was you know, for most of us now, probably it's two years or more that we have been to China. So for me, it's two years and a half since my last trip to China. And there I was already seeing how the technology in your mobile phone is already helping people to take better care of their health, even for things like Alzheimer. So there is so much still to come. And if there is a silver lining in COVID is that, is that we are, we are now looking at technology as an enabler even further for something that was always very personal, like health. You know, it's hard to imagine how we could have come through the pandemic without the technology that you're talking about and the leadership that you've shown and the risks in a sense that you took to really bring us all together and unify us through digital rather than separate us, bring us together in real time as we have. And I'm thinking about the process that the organization went through and you to combine these functions recognizing the synergies in in the true sense of the term. Uh, This has been after a career where you've had functional responsibility. Tell us a little bit about the journey getting into this role and and maybe a little bit about what you wish you knew uh, when you started out uh, in this adventure that that you know today. For sure. So um, as I said before, I'm Brazilian. I come from an Italian heritage family, immigrants in Brazil, entrepreneurs. And, uh, and I had uh, throughout, I've started working professionally in 1992. Uh, so this says a lot already. <laughs> You're talking about feeling dated. So here it goes. Uh, and in this 30 years or so, I had the, the opportunity to 
working, uh, you know, blue chip companies, FMCGs, uh, pharma, consumer health, uh, in consumer care, um, in uh, home care, personal care, foods, beverages. So I, I had a great opportunity to see many different industries in local roles, in regional roles, in global roles. So I had local roles both in Europe as well as in South America and North America, as well as regional roles in Latin America, Europe, and then global roles. Normally they're based out of the Europe because the time zone is very helpful for global roles. When you're trying to connect from people from across the globe, London tends to be a really good time zone uh, to make sure that you're not stretching your team. So um, when I'm looking back, Mark, um, what were the things that I wish um, that I knew? I have to, you know, to know where someone is, uh, you need to understand where they come from. So I think for me, this is, this is an important say. I've been very blessed with an incredible uh, example out of my father and my grandfather on how to behave and the values uh, as a professional. They were both uh, incredible, successful business entrepreneurs. My grandfather had hotels. My father had restaurants. And, and the most important things, um, which I didn't know because I was too young to know, I learned by observing them, their work ethics, their concern about the communities and clients. Um, and, and this was much, much, much earlier before anyone talked about you know, purpose or ESG or etc. Um, so that was, I think, the best thing that could have ever happened to me um, as a professional because I got to observe live how it, it was really happening. And, and until this day, I have lessons that I take from there. Um, I think if I look back now on the professional setting, because it's very different than the family business setting, the two things that I wish I knew earlier were the power of collaboration. Mm. Um, I think when we are younger and upper coming, you know, some one day somebody tells you there are high potential, and then you went into a you go into a competitive mode, and it goes like you know you focus your attention on growing, 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 and I think you lose the opportunity on seeing how growth also comes from bringing all the different perspectives and the collaboration along the way with you, mm. not just internally from people, but also from other companies. You know, uh, some of us, we come from companies that had the end to end, you know, they were planting tomatoes and selling ketchup. Um, and, and today we see that most of the new up and coming companies, they don't own any of those things. So I think getting a really good grip on the power of collaboration is something that I think I, I wish I would have learned much earlier. Um, and the other one was the difference and the importance, the difference between leading by doing and leading by influencing and how leading by influencing is much harder, but it's also much, much, much more important and, and stronger for a leader to have and to nail. So this would be the two things that I have top of my mind. Well, I love these two distinctions that you're making. This, this latter one is a big leap that I hear from C-suite and chief executives all the time. This idea that I've spent my whole career becoming an expert in what I do and, and maybe even becoming more vertical in terms of that expertise, whether it's technology or being a chief financial officer or a digital officer. 
And then when you get into the C-suite, you do have to be the influencer, not the doer. Uh, and that people will come to you and ask you questions, you know, make decisions for me, uh, give me advice. There's a difference between those two things, the advice or the decision-making. How did you decide and what did you learn to kind of make that transition between the fact that, you know, you're, you're in a sense, they bet on you uh, to just be that deep expert and they still need that deep expertise. Now your job is to influence, develop and, mm -hmm. and, and mentor and coach other people. Um, I think the first realization, you, you bring such a wonderful point. The first realization is that I, when people made bets on me, it was not because of what I knew. Hmm. And I, you know, you first think that, you know, they're making a bet of me because I'm so good at this and I have shown results and I have delivered. Right. They bet you for what they think you can be. And, and I realized that when I, because for me, bet means that people took the chance to put me to do jobs that I had no experience doing before, leading much bigger teams, going to a, an area where I, I haven't done any work. And, but they believe in my potential of learning. They believed on, in my curiosity of asking the right questions. They believed on my um, behavior of always being very enthusiastic and driven and, and solution-driven, uh, more than problem-driven, and, and really focus on high performance through teams. So... You, you said it beautifully, and I could never say it better. I think this realization on when we are younger or, or, or less senior in our roles that, you know, for every single question that I'm asked, I shall know the answer. And there will no one that will know better about my business than myself, right? So I think it's that, that, that was the, the meaning of being prepared. And I yes. believe being prepared, right? Of course. So today, what I found is there is a lot of power on having a conversation. And when it goes, especially in the digital world, because every time I wake up, I realize that I'm, you know, I need to know something new. Um, so there is a lot of power on saying, okay, tell me what's the problem. Let me understand what's the root issue. I might not have the solution for you, but I know the people who will have the solution for you. So I surround myself with really smart and, and great people not just in my team, but as, as well as the, the larger group, and I mean strategic suppliers. So for me, this is where the power is, because then you multiply your, your opportunity. Of course, the basic foundations, your business, your numbers, your people, your KPIs, you need to know. But some of this double-click mark, I've... I am, and maybe I'm, I'm being, I'm still on my first 30 days of my new combined job. I'm much more into, okay, let me listen, understand, and I will find who is the best person for this. And in some cases, in a lot of cases, it's not going to be me, but I will make sure that I find what's the solution. That's, um, that's brilliant. And I, I think I could see instantly the way you're showing up for the solving of the problem as opposed to the ownership of a function that is an important distinction today when we're collaborating with others because it's across an organization. And, and as you described, I thought that was wonderful. It's the whole ecosystem. It's the vendors, it's the co-conspirators, it's the, the partnerships that you're, you're forming with others. Backing up for a moment, I'm 
thinking of you as a little girl in Brazil and, and thinking about you observing um, these role models in your life and, and how they, they played a part in you building confidence mm-hmm. that you could be taken seriously and that you could contribute to making a difference. Can you remember a time uh, from earlier in your life? Obviously, you wouldn't have been able to visualize today. Uh, Tell me how you you started to develop that sensibility that you could break away and and go to college and 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 then start to lead a, a global company. Uh, I, I, wow, this is so this is so deep in my heart. Um, well, I'm the first person in my family to go to university because most of them were successful entrepreneurs and and life took a different uh, path for them. Um, but I think I was. Um, I was prepared since very young age for that because um, my father had five brothers. Um, my grandmother had died very young. So there were six boys, my grandfather and, and his five kids. And all my cousins were boys except me. So I was raised to, to be challenged. Either I stand up for myself or I'm going to be eaten alive by all these boys, uh, you know, playing football on the streets. And right. um so, but but it's incredible, and this goes back to uh, to to a comment you made before about you know the people that invest in you, coaches, sponsor, mentoring. Um, we never realize how powerful it is when somebody believes in you, and and I will never forget until the day I die, the day that my father said, "You can do whatever you put your mind into it." Um, mm. And he said in the context where I I was really facing a challenge. Um, and it was, you know, all the boys and the cousins, and I was not making my way through that. And, and, and he said, put, put it in your mind. Do you want to do it? You are going to find a way to do it. And I did, and and I did my way. And I think this was so important because he never said you have to be like the boys and then you are going to to be accepted to be part Mm of the pack. Um, and of course, because in Brazil, if I go back when I started my career, there were, I don't remember any, any women in the boardroom. Um, no. So there was no reference. And, and at that point, I remember there were some international ones that we will see in reading books or, or reading articles. And half of them, they were all trying to sort out how to bring their best self. Half of them, you know, you look and you thought it were men with wigs because it was mimicking the male behavior because there was no reference, right? It's very difficult. Um, So the thing that helped me the most was that confidence because I always thought so highly of my father. Um, Mm. He, he was someone that he he was like that. He put his mind and, and he never went to university. So he had he had uh, business uh, in, in the hospitality and he decided I need to be prepared to welcome anyone that comes. So he taught himself to speak many different languages, all the things wow. related to food and restaurants. So whoever arrived in the restaurant, if they were from Japan or if they were from France, he would be able to communicate with them and make them feel welcome. And I look and I saw this man that, you know, until this day is my biggest inspiration. If he thought that little me could do anything, I put my, who was, you know, who was I to say that I couldn't do it? So, 
And this is something that continues in my life because I make a point of making bets in people and I have never disappointed myself. Never. And you've been able to make that judgment how? Has it been there's a set of criteria that have emerged from (laughs) observation about going all the way back to that time because you'd see probably his frustrations and successes with talent. And that's, of course, the the biggest thing that you do now as a, a leader in the C-suite is to, to choose and to yeah. evangelize for and to coach the people on your team. No, it, this is a tough one. Um, and I, I always think to myself, there is nothing more difficult than try to negotiate a salary with a chef. Um, and this, this is one thing I've learned with my father because there is, there is no way you have to do it because otherwise disaster will come. Um, <laughs> I think first start with a set of values, shared values. I think this is the first thing um, in terms of ethics at work, in terms of proactive versus reactive, in terms of enthusiastic versus passive. And there is a couple of things that for me are, are within my, my mode. Um, and then observing, I, I have a particularly preference for uh, fast learners, people that can can quickly learn new things. They don't need to know the things if they are agile learners. The second thing is people that find it easy to step in someone's shoes because if you can understand the other, you probably can understand the other function, the consumer, the customer, the shareholders. And ultimately, I I have a magnet for curious people, but curious without a pur- with a purpose, not without a purpose. Because curious people without a purpose, they start all the new things, but they never finish anything. So I love curiosity with a purpose. So, so these are the things that I look. And, and even if, and I say, I never, I never disappointed myself because there is always a lesson in this. And there, there will be people that will fly. And most of the people, they will fly. And there were people that will struggle, but on this struggle, I also learned what is my role as someone that made a bet. Mm. And and for me, this is uh, this is very valuable, as as valuable as um, as seeing the talent progressing and and flying. Uh, standing still has never been one of my best suits. I certainly feel that, and I think it's a reflection. It's certainly reflected in your in your performance and your success as an executive. And I'm thinking about how there's a little bit of that entrepreneurial DNA that's also flowing through your veins, that's allowing you to take risks on people and and actually think about that's because they don't always work out. How do you deal with the setbacks or or when you're disappointed and 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 don't feel like you've uh, or maybe even given uh, the opportunity that you deserve? Uh, I'm sure that must have happened all along the way. And you kept going anyway. People talk about persistence, but not very much about how <laughs> to be persistent when life serves up disappointments. Uh, how, how would you approach that? Because you obviously have been going the distance. Yeah, and look, I think um, building my self-awareness is something that always served me really well. And um, and. Of course, like I'm, I'm human, and I, I, I'm human, half lat, half Brazilian, half Italian. So this is a double uh, human from an emotional point of view. I, I don't, um, I don't hide my frustrations. I work 
um, within them. And um, I'm open when I'm when there is something that is frustrating me. I'm open, especially with my direct team. And I said, look, instead of just exploding or having anything like this that I believe doesn't construct anything, I said, look. I need a moment to think because this is frustrating me for this, 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 and that reason. So I've noticed that when I did that, I invited people to help me with the solution. Mm. It, it's not easy because if, you know, if we go back to the story that I told you about how I was raised to having to stand up for myself, being vulnerable was something that I've learned very late in life. Mm. Um, the Latin America breadwinner, woman in, in, in the corporate world, one thing that people do not tell you is that vulnerability is a superpower. Um, so it took me a long time to learn that. Now I'm, you know, I, I don't feel any shame on saying, this is killing me. <laughs> Help. <laughs> I am, you know, I'm stuck. I, I can't get this. And, um, and Eight out of 10 times, I get out better. Um, mm. I believe there are moments where it's important to make a stand, especially on things that are related to values. And you say, okay, so this is acceptable, but this is not acceptable. Um, but more than less, um, I, think it's the, I think it's my attitude towards life. I, I believe, um, and this comes through life experiences, good and bad, um, I, I have a firm belief that uh, putting myself in a place of a victim, victim is not going to take me anywhere. Right. So you, you can appreciate that as I've worked now in five different countries uh, and I've been outside of my home country, my culture, my language for almost 15 years, the amount of times that people comment on my accent or, or things like that you can either put yourself into the victim place saying, oh, I come from below the equator, you know, or I can put myself in a place that, you know, yeah, I speak four different languages. For sure, I'm going to have some accent, uh, but I will keep improving myself. And, um, and I'm, you know, maybe I try to learn German as well. And, and it's not going to be perfect, but I'm putting myself out there. Um, and this helps me to engage with people. This helps me to settle with the cultures. But it, I think it's a choice. I think it's really a choice. And I think uh, the last thing I would say to you, Mark, is, again, I've, I'm, I'm talking a, about, a, a lot about things that I feel blessed and I feel a lot of gratitude. I have a wonderful husband and son that really ground me. Um, and... Um, you know, when, and, and I believe that in, in this corporate world that we live, it's very easy to allow things to creep in, to make your ego bigger than your house. Um, and I think this is when you think that, you know, you can vomit your frustrations in other people and anyone has to take that. So, you know, when I come home, I'm mom, I'm wife, and, and, and these are really tough talks, and I'm sure I'm not. I have a lot to improve in both of them, so I feel very humble. Um, and then you know, you look back and you see people uh, as human beings. But um, but these are are some of the things that I have, and as everyone else, uh, you know, the mantra that I have in my head is transform frustration into inspiration. Transform frustration into inspiration. 
not always it works, but it's in the mind. I love it. I am inspired. I'm getting chills thinking about the um, opportunity that you've had to have influence on others because you're role modeling that. I feel it in this conversation and I'm sure that the people have had the privilege of work with you and to partner with you are, are feeling equally um, insightful because they see how you show up. And that's where I wanna really close is to ask you about the relationship you have upward, um, talking about your bosses and, and maybe even the board of directors. What would be your, coach the coach, I'm a CEO coach, I work in the C-suite. I I have the privilege of working with people who play on the field better than I ever did, but now I feel like this is my superpower is to help encourage people to reach their highest and best impact on the world. And that's and there are women and men who, who are doing extraordinary things around the world, and you've done it influencing for your peers, you've influenced the people who work with you. Tell us a little bit about what you would uh, coach a new arrival or person who's aspiring to be you, because there's gonna be a lot more of them after this broadcast. Um, uh, but what should we know about uh, you know, managing upward or, or managing with um, the people who have the power um, to, to make the ultimate call in your career and in the impact that you're serving up through your business? Ah, uh, but this, oh my God, you put me on the, on the corner here. What, what should I say to someone that knows it all? Um, but look, um, and, and I'm sure you have experienced so many, so many different aspects of, of you know, the C-suite and the boardroom. Um, so I will share my experience and, and hopefully there is something in there that can serve. Um, so I think the first thing is I'm now in a, I, I am part, so I'm, I'm in the C-suite of the, of the consumer health division. I'm also an non-executive direct member of a PLC company in the UK. Um, and, and the first thing is the mindset of having a full business view. Um, you can never show up as, again, we were discussing a little bit this at the beginning of the conversation. So when you sit in the exco, you cannot just sit there and only discuss if you're CMO, only brand and advertising and brand equity. Um, you're part of the leadership of the company that is responsible for the growth, for the profit, for the teams, for the culture. So having your, your value added there is critically important. Uh, you don't need to, and, and I think this is what not to do. You don't need to feel obliged to, contribute in every single point mm -hmm. but there this is the excess right the overused but you know you should know finance i think there is some things in your market people say oh yeah I, I i love marketing because i don't have to know finance okay so maybe you're missing something um so i think this is the first one this holistic view of the business this holistic view of talent uh, more and more, I think when we think about future facing, and I, I'm sure that the CEOs that you're coaching for the future, you, I see two things that are very important, digital understanding, the technology understanding and ESG, but really understanding, not just, you know, okay, let me just have the concept and then, you know, we, we jump on the bandwagon. So these are things that I'm seeing both on my executive role as well as in the non-executive role, how technology is playing a much stronger role as enabler for growth, as enabler for connection, profit, and expansion, and how ESG is actually 
something that is quite non-negotiable and mandatory at the moment. You know, if you see some of the, you know, the big um, shareholders and the groups yes. and you look at their annual letters, you know, it started with diversity and inclusion. And now all those things are becoming table stake. It's not, yeah. you know. It's not if you're going to do it, it's when you're going to do it. It's not yeah. if it's this or profit. No, no, no. It's this plus profit. So in the future, I think it's, it's this is the, if I compare the more traditional one, uh, that it would be the profile, you know, having done a lot of turnarounds or expansions or things like that, growth normally was the big word, then profit becomes the big word. And then it's this holistic view of sustainable growth and profit that sustainable considering the digital transformation, the ESG and diversity and inclusion. Um, and the last thing I wanted to, to mention here is there is such a benefit from having diversity. And by diversity, I mean geographic experiences, industries, not just the gender and, and some of the most visible ones in the Swiss seat and in boards because the conversation is so much better. So, so much better. And, and for anyone listening, if you aspire to be in the C-suite or uh, in a non, as a non-executive director in a board, uh, prepare yourself, talk to people, let people know. One of the things that I observe a lot in women, Mark, is that they, some of them are ashamed to say, I want to be a CEO. They feel like it's not permitted to say, I want to be a mom, a wife, and a CEO. Um, if people don't know what you want, they cannot help you. And, and to the power of collaboration, to the power of clarity and being vulnerable as well, saying what you want is also an act of vulnerability because you're putting yourself out there. If you don't say, you, you don't feel like you can be rejected. So I, I will leave you with that. I think there is... More and more we talk about uh, ESG, we talk about digital, but there is this personal trace of vulnerability that I'm, I'm more and more appreciating how powerful this is in a leader. And I have a lot to, to learn and to grow on this. I can guarantee to you I'm, I'm very committed on this journey. Well, I feel that that sense of commitment, and I and I, I think that um, as entrepreneurs, recognizing the fact that if we are all the same in the room, we're not contributing value, and that uh, the more different we are in the room, the more points of view, and uh, in a sense, the greater competitive advantage we have because we're able to embrace principles and and ideas that maybe the next competitor on the block doesn't have. This is, this is a strategic asset. And, and it also creates this sense of vulnerability in the room to say, my goodness, I hadn't thought about it and seen it that way. And that's something that you're inspiring in, in the people that you work with every day. And I can see now why it is that when you think about the board and the, and the executive committee, the fact that you're willing to embrace everyone else's function that's the first you, you you started out the conversation with. We have to start with where people are coming from. And so you, you sit at that table and you're saying, I'm not better than marketing. I'm not I'm 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 not disassociated with the general counsel or the CFO. We're a team and I'm going to bring my best and I'm going to learn from all of you. And and you are you call it vulnerability. I see it as real confidence. Um, because being transparent in that way, I think, is what is the new definition of ESG. And um, 
of authentic leadership. So thank you so much for this conversation. I, I look forward to being able to have the, the opportunity to, look, to continue to learn from you and to invite you to other sessions that we're holding and uh, hope to meet you on the same continent at this point um, uh, in the near future as well. So, so thanks for being with us. Thank you very much for having me. And, and uh, on the other way around, uh, thank you for the wonderful questions that allow me to share a little bit of my experience. Um, and I, I will continue to keep learning and I appreciate all the opportunities to do that. And this was another one. Thank you very much. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thanks for listening to the Chief Executive Podcast. I'm Mark Thompson. And please don't forget to like and subscribe for more episodes every week.